Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Fuelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie, he was a co-host on the US version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called, It's Scary In Here, it's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. I am so glad you guys are here because it's showtime. And we have a great show for you again this week. My guest in the ADD interview is stand-up comic, internet sensation, whose videos have over 100 million views on TikTok. And her name is Zarna Gard. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join our conversation. And our superfan shout-out is for Sophia. Say hi to Sophia, everybody. Hey, Sophia. Sophia, how are you? And Sophia, if Phil was here, he would say... Show me your ding ding. No, he would not. (laughs) He might. No. (laughs) No, he would not. I know. How do you know that? Adam. (laughs) Sophia, just run. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sophia, I am so sorry. And Phil's sorry, too. He didn't mean to say that. Show me your ding ding. Sophia, Adam just likes pressing the button. That's all. (laughs) Sophia came to see me at Gotham Comedy Club. And I want to thank everyone who came out. We had sold out shows at Gotham in New York City. It made me very happy. Mm -hmm. And Sophia was in the front row uh, with her son, and she was wearing her her podcast T-shirt. Can I just say something? And I know I'm a biased opinion. Yes. The most comfortable T-shirts I've ever worn. They're (laughs) just great. And the message on the outside... That's just, I mean, that's just the ribbon on, on the a ribbon on the package. I mean, that's just, that's a bonus right there. It's a great T-shirt and a great value. So go out and get one. Get like five for your friends, too. They're going to love them. Yeah, they're very comfortable. And the message is. Show me your ding ding. So that- Adam, stop. <laughs> we definitely, Adam, the sidebar, we need to make that a T-shirt. Show, show me your ding ding. It would probably sell. <laughs> it would. It would sell like hotcakes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But you know when I notice being back in New York, my accent gets gets thicker and my patience is gone. So <laughs> Yeah, you're you back found in your your people. Element, man. I, I the culture come right back to me. It's like, oh I know we've activated the sleeper cell. <laughs> I myself pride myself in fitting in mm-hmm. wherever I am. Well you you fit in New York. You you don't like the subway though. I don't like a lot of people with different smells. That's kind of what I don't like. New York's not for you, kid. (laughs) Well, I do like the cultural things about Mm -hmm. New York, but I just apparently don't like getting there. No, you're not going to get around the smell. (laughs) I always take taxis. Yeah. I'm a taxi girl. Yeah, you're right, because those smell clean. Please. Well, I I can handle... It's like riding in the driver's armpit. I can handle a taxi. Okay. Somewhere there's a t-shirt logo in there as well. I don't like people and their smells. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but Adam, I know what you're talking about because mm. 
when I go back to Massachusetts, and remember, I moved away from there when I was like 12. But you put me, if I land at Logan, I'm in Boston, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, it's good to be back here. Where's, where's Belichick? Come on, let's go win another Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Instant mass hole. Yep. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, it's really, it's, you just can't help it. When, you, when you're back in that environment, it just immediately hits yeah. you. Yeah. I got off the plane in JFK immediately as I'm walking to the cab. Everyone's in my way. Everyone. <laughs> so this, this, is what, this is when I realized I'm a lunatic. So the UN is in session, which means traffic is a nightmare. And I got to get through the Midtown Tunnel to go see my mother. I got to take it to the foot doctor. So I'm driving. I'm coming up 3rd Avenue. It's bumper to bumper. I'm like, I, I, I got to get out of here. So I, I find my first right. I figure I'll go over to 1st. I'll come up 1st. I'll go to 35th. I'll take the Midtown Tunnel that way. So as I'm coming down 22nd Street, there's a truck, a little cargo van, the compact cargo vans, those, those, uh, the, the NV200s, the Nissans. Mm-hmm. And it says, you know, a senior living. So I know it's one of those ambulances they take the old people to. Oh, oh right. you mean they yeah. take the old people to and from the doctors? To and from the doctors, uh-huh. you know, and then when the black one shows up, they didn't make it. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so there's one in front of me and, and, and it's not moving. We're, we're, through, we're through a cycle of a light. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, something's going. And I look and smoke is coming up. And I'm like, oh, oh son of a. I don't even think. I get out of the car. I walked up. The guy's sitting there. I'm like, what are we doing? Not a- <laughs> <laughs> but the Stay first thing it. I, this one kind of, this, this, this is how instinctual I was to be back in that culture. I walked by and I looked in the back to see if anybody was in the bed. So I'm like, what are we doing? Because now there's nobody there. I'm like, well, he can't sue me, you know? <laughs> right. Just straight into it. Yeah. No yeah. messing around. No. Hey, sir, are you okay? Hey, what are we doing? Yeah. Right? And the guy looked at me and he said, smoke. I said, I can see the smoke. I said, does it go into neutral? He's like, yeah, neutral. He puts it in neutral. I pushed the thing out of my way. You, what? I you pushed, pushed it? I pushed it. It was By like. By yourself. Who, who's steering? Him? He's steering. I said, All put right. it in neutral. I went in the back. It was, you know, it was, I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a and, downhill. I just, uh-huh. had, I, I just had to get enough to get him out of the way and get the rent car through. So you're, you, it's not like you were helping a kind soul. You like had to get somewhere. I look at it as helping a kind soul. <laughs> I got him off the road. He was in the middle of 22nd Street. God you, knows what could happen to him. You did do that. Yeah. You didn't have to stop. You could have gone around. No, I, I would have driven over him. I was so pissed off. <laughs> you saved him. So from your take, you saved him, right? Thank you. Did you We're, make a friend? Nah, I don't know. I, just, I didn't even say goodbye. So. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Okay, the jury's still out on he that was, He was still rolling when I walked back to the car. <laughs> there are no brakes. There are no brakes. I, I, I just got you moving. Stop. It's not my department. Good luck to you. <laughs> All right. All right. So I put, I said, turn the wheel. I pushed him out of the way. And, and, and in my head, I'm going, I took the insurance. Even if I scratched the car getting through it, I'm fine. I could just leave the keys. That's uh, okay. We'll still give you the mark for helping someone. Mm-hmm. But a mm, little couple of I minuses. helped him get the hell out of my way is what I did. <laughs> so if, if I'm tracking with you right, Alex, so you're giving him points on tech, technical ability, mm-hmm. but style points. That's what he needs to work on. Is that what you're telling me? He needs to work on... Uh, just helping out another human being <laughs> for the point of it, yeah. <laughs> rather than get out of my way. Yeah. You're in my way. I got. I must move you. But he was okay. You know, I looked in the back. There was no one. There was nobody suffering. There was uh-huh. no one laying in the bed. Good. Check he, one. He Good. was okay. You know, Check two. And then, then, then I got him to. I got him to safety. Check three. Safety also being out of my way. It's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam. We'll give it to you. <laughs> Well but, done, Adam. Thank you. Well done. But what struck me was the instinct came right back to me. So so you're telling me if someone stopped in front of you here, mm-hmm. you treat them differently. The culture's different here. I'm not. <laughs> okay, point. Adam. Yeah. All right. So we're getting down to the reality. But but I did I did I did find it was instinctual. <laughs> it was instinctual like my head just it was like I was observing myself. I'm like, "Oh, this son of a I didn't even get son of a bitch out." It was I was saying it as I walked, check to see if you can get sued, solve the problem, get this guy out of the way. I have a little insight for you. Are you saying that in New York, mm-hmm. you don't monitor yourself, you don't filter, but here you might filter? That's good. I think so. I, I think, think maybe that's it. Because I don't feel like I can do that here because I think people would people would burst into flames if I was the way I was in New York. Yeah. I feel more at home in New York in that culture than I do out here. 
Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Because you're out in the street in New York. You're among the people. And, you know, every, everyone realizes it, that, you know, we got to get to where we got to get to. Out here, it's just like, where are you going? I'm going to give you a chance to act out probably one of your favorite movie quotes. Go ahead. You can't handle the truth. You want me on that wall! <laughs> you want me pushing that ambulance out of the way so we can all go down 22nd Street! <laughs> You can't handle traffic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Adam's happy. Everybody in New York sees that and they see themselves in that. They're like, yeah, that's exactly what I would do in that situation. That's our environment. That's the culture that we have out here. Yeah. So nobody's like, wow, that was really uncool. That was really an aggressive action by that guy. Yeah. No, they're like, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. In that's New York, like, thank God it. he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, hey, buddy, good job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I do say when it did hail here, mm-hmm. we were on um, the grapevine, yeah. which is very dangerous mm-hmm. uh, if it's not snowing or not or hailing. And you led the way. I was very proud of you. Thank you. You're like, what? Are, they're just sitting here. Hold on. You just yeah. like put in reverse and then like went your own way. I think you're in the middle of the. <laughs> no, I, I, I went into oncoming up. traffic. I'm like, I can make it around this guy. <laughs> but you led everybody around. That wasn't my way. Yeah, that wasn't my intention. My intention was to get us the hell out of there, and then they looked at me and went, "We can do that." Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, you, it's like you kind of didn't see lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that, times that, of darkness, people need a leader. Adam, you're that leader. You may not be the leader we want, but you're the leader we deserve. <laughs> We're gonna find out later. I just needed to eat. Thank you. <laughs> well, my point is, I, I was steeped back in the culture of New York, and I and I felt its effect on me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was talking to Zarna. Arranged marriages are part of her culture. And her father set her up to be married at 15 years old in Mumbai. And she said, nope, I don't think so. She's a very funny lady, and this is a fascinating story. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Culture is a huge topic of study for sociologists. Culture exists anywhere humans exist, and no two cultures are exactly the same. The first element that exists in every culture is a language. Language is a system of words used to communicate with other people. What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. 30 minutes, my ass. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I really want to make you laugh. And if you come see me live, I will do just that. I have a special show at the Gilmore Car Museum in Michigan. October 6th, the Gilmore Car Museum. October 7th through the 9th, I will be at the Chicago Improv. October 14th and 15th, I will be at the Draft House in Arlington, Virginia. October 20th through the 22nd, I will be at Comics Roadhouse at the Mohegan Sun Casino. And November 25th through the 27th, I will be at the Tempe Improv in Tempe, Arizona. There's a link for tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, please come up after the show and let me thank you. Thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. Now, you know, go on, get out of here. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Welcome to the ADD interview. 
It's not that you're not interesting. It's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is one in a billion... She is a very funny stand-up comedian and screenwriter whose film Rearranged won the Best Comedy Screenplay Award at the Austin Film Festival. She also won Kevin Hart's comedy competition on Peacock's called Lift Comics. She was featured on the show Gutsy Women on Apple TV, and her TikTok videos have over 100 million views. She's originally from India. She escaped to get out of an arranged marriage to the safety of Ohio. I'm very grateful she's made some time for us today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Zarna Garge. How are you, my friend? Hi, namaste. I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. Namaste to you. Thank you for being here. Uh, uh, I, I was very excited to talk to you. I saw some of your clips online. And then when uh, when our paths crossed, I was said, absolutely. So thank you so much. And you mentioned we have a friend in common. We do. Corey Kahaney. Oh, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. Yes. Well, is she though? Because she had very mean things to say about you. You know what? Forget I said it, Zarn. I'd like to. I'd, I'd yeah. like to readdress my reaction. <laughs> yes. No, she was. She was so excited when I told her that uh, I would be coming on your podcast. Oh, that's great. And your story is amazing. Can I can I I have to ask you about the arranged marriage because this just fascinates me and how you made comedy out of it. And it's very impressive story. And I want to make sure I got it right. You're 15 years old. You're in Mumbai, which used to be Bombay. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you're in Mumbai. You're 15 years old. Unfortunately, your mom passes away. Yes. Yes. And then your father says you are going into an arranged marriage and you went, I don't think so. That's all correct. Yes. Tell me the story, Zorna. So, you know, it's I I know that sitting here in America and doing this in 2022, it feels like what? But Mm a lot of young people get married in India even today. And my own siblings were arranged relatively early, not as early as 15, Mm -hmm. but on the earlier side of things, it just so happened that I was the youngest of four. Mm -hmm. And I think my dad was really just broken when my mom passed. Sure. It was a very sudden passing. And I think he kind of just broke inside and he was tired. And as a mother of three myself today, if I had a fourth, trust me, I would be throwing them out the window too at some point. (laughs) There were days during the pandemic where I was like, if you don't frigging eat right now, this window, I'm going to squeeze you out of it. Because there are days that parenting is that hard. You know what I mean? So I have empathy and I had empathy for him back then. I knew that it was not easy raising, you know, all these kids and, and a loud mouth. I was always the loud mouth in the family, always saying all the wrong things everywhere. <laughs> and, and that I definitely added to his stresses. Right. And, uh, and I think in his eyes, he was doing nothing wrong, but situating me in a comfortable future. That's yeah. how he saw it. He didn't see it. See in America, he was like, Oh, 15 in Asia, it's not so it's much more like you're young now, you'll get a good suitor, will find a proper home for you. Yeah. So it's a different perspective and it's a different way of how people view the world. Yeah. But <clears throat> but I was heavily influenced by American pop culture even back then. And I was like, people don't seem to be getting married on Archie's comics. <laughs> You know, Jughead doesn't have a ring. <laughs> no one is getting married. Everybody is kissing everybody. <laughs> Things are fine. Then I watched a lot of American TV. You could get all the TV shows in India. I watched mm-hmm. Three's Company. You remember that show? I certainly Come do, and knock yes. on my door. Come on, knock like, on they're my not door. Get, yeah, and they're not getting married. They're like three people living together. Yeah. So I, you know, I at the time didn't really think it all through. And I was like, I'm just going to say no. They're not, they, he can't make me. Mm-hmm. And and he was like, yeah, I can. I'm your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, okay. I can. So that was the first awakening of my life. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. When, when your father said yeah. you're 15, you have to marry this guy, you said no. I'm sure there was an, an argument. And how did you, I mean, did you go out the window at night or did he say, go ahead, go? No, he, he, yeah, he, he absolutely, it was like exactly that. It was like, okay, you don't want to listen to me. And you think how life is, you know, best for your own life, which is like blasphemy to an Indian father, because he thinks he knows everything. 
certainly right. what his kid's life should be. So he was like, okay, if you think you know best, why don't you go make your own life? Make your life in the world, you know? And I think he thought he's going to scare me mm-hmm. and call my bluff. And I, on the other hand, being a 15-year-old teenager, thought, okay, this means endless pajama parties. <laughs> Because when you're 15 and your dad says, go out of the house, you immediately assume you can go hang out with your friends and your other friends and your third friends. Every sleepover that you weren't able to have, you're going to be able to have now. (laughs) (laughs) So you have, uh, if I, if I was reading correctly, you have family in Ohio, right? And that's how you got. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you and, showed up and, you were 15 and you were funny then. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you were a precocious kid and funny then. Did you have any idea that, that this is what you were going to be doing or was it just your personal? No, never. Are you kidding me? First of all, I have to tell you, this is, this is the greatness of America and living in America. Mm-hmm. Well, you can say the most inappropriate thing. And if it's funny, it's funny. And people will decide on the merits of the thing. Right. So I could say a lot of the things that I'm saying now back home and be crucified for it because <laughs> being funny has no value right? and being inappropriate comes with a heavy penalty. Sure. So, I mean, I know now that I'm funny and that I was funny and all of but I, the thought hadn't even ever in my life crossed my mind. If anything, I spent 30 years of my life trying to fit into a culture that doesn't allow women to talk a certain way and comment on certain things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my whole life has been about don't say that. And as a comedian, that's my biggest challenge today is getting over that speed bump. Right. So for, for 40 years, I trained my mind to stop saying things that come naturally to my mind. And now as a comedian, I need those things to come out. Yeah. So that I can have an authentic joke. So it's like, it's a 30, 35, 40 years almost. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's in my mind. It's at the front of my mind. Don't say it. Yeah. And now suddenly I'm like, I'm on stage, like at an open mic going, say it, say it, pushing myself. So it's been a very interesting journey, but never in my life. I never thought this was a paid job. <laughs> <laughs> you and my parents. <laughs> Yes. Well, did you make your friends laugh in India? Did your did your your friends laugh? Did they know you? Oh, were always, mm-hmm. always. Comedy has been my life, and in in its, I not I didn't have the the life that I got on an open mic and all that. I didn't even know what all that stuff was. But my if I existed anywhere, it's because I got invited because I was funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen. It's hard to deal with this level of hotness too, but we won't talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Like we won't talk about my supermodel good looks because that could have been it too. But the funny thing came up over and over. And it was always like, you know, when I was trying to figure out where to live, how to live, how to make my way into the world. Mm. A lot of doors opened for me because I was funny and I made people laugh. And, and, you know, that has value everywhere, which is why today I say humor is a weapon. It's, it's an art, it's a therapy, but it's also a weapon. Mm. You can use it. Yeah. Well, you are very funny. And I wanted to play this clip. So the audience uh, knows how funny you are. Okay. I'm an immigrant, you guys. I came to America with $9 in my pocket. 10000 in the bank, but 9 in the pocket. <laughs> I'm not your typical Indian woman. This bindi is a PR thing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my family is actually back home. I miss them very much. I mean, not enough to want to go back. <laughs> generous with the Facebook likes. That's just, that's just, that that made me laugh when uh, this Bindi's just a PR thing. I mean, that, that, that that, that just killed me. So here's the thing is that the Bindi is a PR thing is just came naturally out of my mouth because so many people assume that I put the Bindi and my Kurta on because I wanted to be a novelty act on stage. Right. But that thought had never occurred to me. This is mm. how I live. Yeah. I've worn a bindi my whole life. Yeah. But the thought that 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 I could be doing it. I mean, listen, I'm not above it because I'm a businesswoman. I'll do anything and I'm shameless altogether. <laughs> so 
there, there's no shame in my game. Like if it was a PR thing, I would be the first to admit it anyway. Mm-hmm. But this fell out of my mouth as a joke because I, I was like, I know what the audience is often thinking when they see me. Right. It's like, did she put this costume on? And I feel like if I poke fun at it, I take the sting out of it for everybody, for me, for the audience. Believe what you want. You know what I mean? I'm not running for the president of the United States. Like there's nothing at stake here. Mm -hmm. You bought a ticket or often came for free. So like, believe what you want. (laughs) Yeah. No, you do have the the authentic. I I was as a fellow comic and a fellow soldier. I know that's real. You can just you can smell authenticity and and you can smell showmanship and you're more authentic, but you do have your showmanship and you're very smart to, for lack of a better phrase, the interior monologue of what's going on in the audience's uh, in the audience's mind, because if you can mind that, the laughs are bigger because now it's more of an experiential laugh because that's what they're thinking. And you've gotten there and you've addressed that thought. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes sense the way you described it, even though I didn't know that that's what it was. Yeah, it was all instinct. It's all it's all instinct. Yeah. I, th- I think we just do it because we're just born doing this. Yeah. Stuff. But then when you break it down, oh, that's why that works. Yeah. Exactly. And you have you have a bit in your act that I thought was great. And I wanted to ask you about it. So I want to play that now because I think it illustrates my point. Sure. My very handsome 13 year old son recently started walking to school with a girl. Naturally, I follow them. <laughs> so impressed he's like she's he's walking to school with a white blonde girl and you don't have a problem with that i told him there's nothing to worry about it's not like she's gonna get into a great high school (laughs) (laughs) this is where i like where it goes to the Korean kids. Okay. That joke, that first of all, to have the stones to go there with a white audience, I thought was great. And then the turn, and that's what everyone was thinking. So that I think that joke illustrates my point. My question to you is this, were you nervous the first time you tried it or did it just come out as an impact? Yeah, no, I was nervous. And I still sometimes get nervous when I do that because... You know, I if I see like three blonde ladies up front, I get nervous because I know mm-hmm. they might think it's a personal attack. But it's really not. I mean, it's it, it. I, you know, what I've had to make my peace with, and I think that a lot of comics are either there or on their way to this inner feeling because we're all so worried about getting canceled and saying the wrong thing, and are you allowed to say it anymore, and what? And I do get heat for a lot of things that I say on social media and in my clips. Now I've decided, like, I'm going to put myself out there and what I say, and whoever wants to believe the worst of me should go ahead and do that. Yeah, because. There's just no way to draw a line in the sand anymore. Everything is upsetting everybody. So what should we be talking about? Yeah. And meanwhile, you and I know that our comedy provides a real value and a service. Like there are people going through chemotherapy, watching our videos. Yeah. There are people going through the most. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fulfill my obligations to my audience and who chooses to have a problem with it should just go ahead and have a problem with it, tune me out, not come to my show. And I understand that. I'm yeah. not arrogant about it, but I understand that that I'm not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's I, fine. Everyone's, I think everyone's got a grievance just looking for something to land on. And Some, exactly. When I, when I write, and there's no malice of forethought in what I'm doing. So I'm not out to hurt or knock anybody down to raise myself up. How can that be? Who would you be aiming that malice towards? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't even know when you're sitting in your office or your home and writing, you don't have an audience in mind like that. You're not, you're not, you don't know who's going to show up at your club today or tomorrow or day after. Mm-hmm. So it's, I've had to make my peace with it. And still I do get worried sometimes, but I've decided I'm doing this and I'm going to go for it. Good. Let me ask you this. Do you feel and uh, do you feel that you can like I know I can make fun of Italians and I can I can hit uh, the Catholic Church because th- those are my people. 
You know, yeah, you step, yeah, yeah. You step out. Yeah. You, you can slap your own tribe around. You're allowed yes, to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. So do, do you feel that you can get away with uh, you're giving a little more slack being a, a female and being Indian? Absolutely. And, you know, and I, I I'm happy to use it. <laughs> Cash in now. Cash in exactly. now, Zana. Nothing, nothing lasts forever. You know, next year they won't be so inclusive and so understanding. And that's okay, too. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I think I have a little more leeway because I'm not... Um, because I'm a woman and because I'm minority and what, and, but I took a lot of hits. Like moms got pushed out of the workforce entirely during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. If you look at the numbers and, and I was, I am a mother who works and a mother who owns a business, Yeah, the business of comedy, my business. So I've taken my hits and I take my advantages, whatever I can get. I do think I'm more leveraged and I do. I feel for white men right now because it's hard for you guys. It's yeah. hard. You say anything, the scanner is on. Like, yeah. police is watching. So I, I, I do feel that, that, that it's a little lopsided right now. It will swing and, and come back. And it will back. come back. Yeah. Absolutely. I think there will be a happy medium. I think, as, as in everything in life, there will be a happy medium. Like, mm -hmm. we have to find a way to coexist happily. The, the, the solution is not to shame one side or the other. That's yeah. just not the solution. Now, you said you're, you're a mother and you're a business owner. You have three children, yes? Yes. And your business is comedy, and it took off during the pandemic because of your 14-year-old son. Tell me that story. So I had been a stand-up comedian for just under a year when the pandemic hit. In fact, I had just had my headlining show at Caroline's sold out mm -hmm. a week before the pandemic happened and New York City shut down. Mm. So I was riding a big high thinking, oh, my God, I've pulled this off. I never thought I could do this. I've done this. What am I going to do next? What's the next? You know, and I had all these things lined up to um, for my career. Mm -hmm. And then then the pandemic happened and everything shut like, as you yeah. know. So I was sitting in my house thinking, I'm not going to get another chair. I was already old coming into this. Mm. And the pandemic, which was like, okay, it's going to be a week. It's going to be two weeks. And then it's just going on. I'm sitting there at the beginning of it thinking, I'm never going to come out from it. It's, it's a sign from the universe that I there's no space for me in this business. Mm. Because there's no way to recover from this. And, you know, I had so many shows booked right then in March, April, that I was producing. I was self-producing a lot because what club was going to hire me? Mm -hmm. So I was self I had to refund all these tickets in, in a matter of days. So I had a feeling of like, it's over. And my son who was watching me was like really upset for me, really sad. You know, he's like, but mom, my, my friends like you at the time he was 14. He's like, but my friends think you're funny. Mm -hmm. You need to go where my friends are. Smart. And that's how TikTok happened. And he's like, you need to get, and, and at the beginning of TikTok, you know, we all assumed it was 14 year old girls twerking. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what am I going to do? Do you want me to twerk? And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, no, mom, you're not, I, you do a lot, but you're not going to do that. <laughs> so I was like, I definitely have to do that. <laughs> but he basically said, why don't we put, your comedy on TikTok, like small mm. bits, because if my friends enjoyed watching you at home, maybe we recreate that experience on TikTok okay. and see what happens. And so he just took, I didn't even know how to edit anything. I'd never learned any of that on my own. So he took bits and he edited it however best he could. Like if you look at my very early TikToks, they're filled with spelling errors. They're filled with mistakes <laughs> because we didn't know how to do it. We didn't know how to edit it after it was posted. It was so organic. It was crazy. And I was like, fine, do it, whatever, expecting nothing. And then after the first video that he posted and it hit like a few million views within two days, mm. I was like, oh, TikTok must be like one of those countries, you know, one of those countries where the currency starts at a million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Like, yeah. it's like, it's not four million know, pesos like, for this pack of cigarettes for exactly. I was like, oh, that's what this must be like. And he's like, no, it's not mom. No one gets 
a million views. And he really like insisted. He's like, it's not that easy. And you need to pay attention to this. Still, the first few months, I was just brushing him off. I was like, do whatever you want. Just whatever, mm-hmm. do it. And he kept posting and he kept watching the thing grow. And then we were like, oh, maybe there's something here. Yeah. And that took off its own life. I mean, he posted the whole I love you series of jokes yeah. where I talk about how I, I've never said I love you. And the amount of resonance that idea has had has just blown my own mind away. Yeah. You know, I, I really thought that I was the only woman who was in a happy married relationship, but never said the words I love you. Yeah. I actually have the bit. I want to play it. Yeah. I've never said I love you to my husband. <laughs> this is a true story. It's only been 23 years. What's the rush? <laughs> but if he said it to me, I'd know he's cheating on me. <laughs> yeah? With a white woman. <laughs> Where else would you learn this nonsense? <laughs> That's the, that was the that was the bit he posted that went through the roof. Actually, it was the other bit that went out first. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the joke was. The joke mm-hmm. was uh, how I show love to my husband. I don't mm-hmm. say it. I show it. I check his emails for him. <laughs> I make him metamucil. <laughs> I replace all his loser friends with my friends. So the whole I check his email from him for for him. Mm-hmm. unlock this whole wife spying space that I didn't know existed. Right. Because all these people chimed in with like, oh my God, and I do this and you should do that. And it was like, it became a whole world of like, yeah, it is a form of love. It's not spying. It's a form of love. <laughs> and that kind of made it fun for everybody to get involved. And that unlocked it. And then he posted, I've never said I love you. And it just blew through the roof. Oh, that that's great. Yeah. yeah. I, it's it's like I'm, my my life is transparent, Zara, because I can't work anything. You know, my wife has to check my email because I don't know how to get there. You know, <laughs> I, I love it. I have Zara, I have five televisions in my house and I end up watching football on my phone over the yeah. sink because I know how to work the phone. Work it. Yeah. <laughs> Tech support in my house is this. Honey, that's how I call tech support. She comes and yeah. fixes everything. Yeah. But I think there's a there's a there's a comfort in knowing, oh, my God, you do that, too. We're not alone. And that's part of the connection that that our art form can provide people. And it's not mean spirited. No, that no, that's the like, other thing. The idea of I, yeah, I'm sorry. Your wife is logging into your email. She's not. She's not doing it with any intent to find or to do this. It's not like your local TMZ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's nothing there. This when I come home from the road, yeah. the first thing I do is I kiss my wife, I kiss my dogs, I thank God for my family, and then I check the Hulu queue because if she's been watching t- uh, movies about a guy with a double life, it's going to be a long night for me. <laughs> and she's well, like, you, know, you know what? I since she's your tech support, she's probably deleting her history. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I would. You mentioned that it's not mean spirited. And I I didn't get that uh, when I listened to your act. Uh, But I did get the candlelight dinner and and the bit is what I wanted to play because this is what I wanted to get to. And we've never had a candlelight dinner either. We don't do all this. Why would we? We came to America for the electricity. (laughs) But I have said I love you one time and meant it to an Amazon customer service right? You, you get that, right? And my daughter overheard me. She's like, mom, you just said I love you to Amazon. I said, so? She goes, you've never said I love you to me. I said, we don't have that kind of relationship. <laughs> you never help me find a missing package. That made me laugh. We don't have that kind of relationship. <laughs> but yeah, so that joke, you know, you could hear the audience go, oh, and then you come back with the, with the punch. But it's it doesn't seem mean-spirited uh, to me. Have you ever gotten any pushback where some people think it might be? Listen, 
Yeah, of course. Everybody pushes back. There's somebody who's going to find a problem if you just sit still and do nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. do I get pushback? Yeah. There's a lot. There's a hundred Indian men in India who think I shouldn't be commenting on India at all because I'm an American now. <laughs> you lost your Indian status? To somebody, I'm not Indian enough. To people here, I'm not American enough. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got something. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I now don't let get, let any of that get in my head. Like mm-hmm. I'm putting my work out there and the people who choose to be part of my tribe, part of my community are all welcome. Mm-hmm. Everybody's welcome. And who doesn't like me? I understand. That's it. There's nothing more to be said. You know, you can't go around defending yourself to every person who has nothing to do, but to be a negative voice. Yeah, I think I'm so proud that I'm part of a community. Our comedy community puts out so much positivity. Yeah, well, it's, it's, so the, the thing about one of the, the potholes in, in the road that we're on is we want the feedback from the audience. We want external reinforcement uh, and to get that we, we get we get we get self-defined by our success and our success is depending on our audience and how big it is. So sometimes you sacrifice yourself to get that or you feel like you're, you're worthless if you don't get that. So it's it's very it's very courageous to have to define yourself from the inside out, if that makes any sense. I listen, I think that we are being forced to define ourselves that way, right? Because mm-hmm. the 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 spectrum of all the things that could go wrong has become so big that it's become untenable. Mm, preach, it was, preach. Right. So now we are all going to have to live in the space where we're like, we're just going to do what we want to do. Yeah. And and then whatever happens, happens because there's no realistic way to predict yeah. how people are going to react. Mm. And, and the beauty of comedy is that people who even who get upset can't control their laughter. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you know, the whole Will Smith situation, mm-hmm. everybody commented that even his first reaction was to laugh. Was to laugh. Yeah. So there's some satisfaction as as people for us in that, but it made you laugh yeah. before it offended you and before you decided to overthink this. It's a pure, it's a pure because it's a reaction. It is yeah. a pure reaction to something. And the instinctual reaction is not something that you can you can you can uh, you can you can interpret. It's just what happened in that moment. Exactly. Do you, does your family back in India, I'm sure they've seen your success. Are they, are they, do they think you're funny? Are they proud of you? Uh, I think they're confused about what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Proud might be a big word. (laughs) I think, I think like me, they are also like white people do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a job. (laughs) Why aren't you practicing law? (laughs) <laughs> you should be a doctor <laughs> exactly i mean i am a lawyer and they're very confused why i'm doing all of this <laughs> so um i would say that that they have come around in a big way mm-hmm. they were always okay i've been blessed with family that's very supportive across the board so i have no complaints they just didn't know what i was trying to do right. but the more they hear from people, oh my God, her videos make us laugh or oh my God, our whole family watches together. That's something I get a lot, like through three generations watching my stuff together. The more I put out there and the more people are becoming aware of what I do, I think the more my family is like, oh, this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just fun and games. It's it's actually like a real thing that she's creating moments. Yeah. So um, I think they've come around and they, they now are like waiting. When am I going to pick on them? They, they all like throwing each other on the bus, under the bus. <laughs> like, you know what she did? You need to make a joke about her or, you know, or vice versa. Well, yeah. I, I think you're very funny and I'm glad I got a chance uh, to chat with you. Um, I hope I see you at the cellar and I, I wish you continued success. Where If people want to get a hold of us, where can they see these videos and where can they get a hold of you on social media? I'm at Zarna Garg on all the major platforms. My website, ZarnaGarg.com, has a comprehensive list of my touring schedule, and I'm out on the road a lot. And uh, I think if you want to find me, I'm one of the easiest people to find on social media. Uh, so at Zarna Garg. 
Thank you so much, yes. Zarna. Namaste. Thank you. Best to you and your family. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Namaste. I'm Zarna Garg, and that was 30 Minutes I'll Never Get Back. I really enjoyed Zarna. She was a lot of fun. Yeah, she's so clever. I just love her type of comedy. And, she, and man, her journey from like where she started, you know, being, you know, almost forced into an arranged marriage, which I understand that's the culture there. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls herself out of it and goes, this is not for me. You know how hard mm-hmm. that is? Yeah. To yeah. Like, like reject everything of your culture and your country and say, I, I'm not going to do this. Goes and, and forges her own path. Mm-hmm. And to be as great as she is. Like that, I, I'm blown away by that. And and yeah, just to echo what, what Alex said, so funny. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just stuff that you're like, I didn't see that punchline coming, and I and it just it just catches you. Just yeah. catches you mm-hmm. right. And she was aware and and what I like was she was aware, you know, her father's like, Look, I just wanted the best for you and this is what we do. That's why I signed Phil up for farmers only, I think. <laughs> What's that? Uh, sadly, I'm familiar with that website. Oh. That's uh, farmers who need a wife. Yeah. Like that's that's <laughs> they go on there. You, it's like the whole deal is that. Yeah. Like you yeah. need a farming wife. Yeah. I think I think that'll be good for Phil. Uh-huh. She, she'll meet a woman. He'll meet a woman that will care for him and let him graze. <laughs> and maybe he could show her ding. <laughs> just, you know? just put it's an added bonus. She'll put him out in the field. What's happier than a free range Phil? <laughs> I don't even know, Adam. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, we love you, man. Yes, and I don't mind telling Phil I love you. Okay, I love you more than an Amazon customer service rep. Oh, my gosh. Adam, you know that I've been there. I know. As soon as when I heard that joke, I go, oh, my wife's going to love this. <laughs> when you have someone who really helps you out, when you have a problem that's just going on and on for weeks, and mm-hmm. then they solve your problem, you, you, you yeah. kind of love them. Yeah. And, and I love that she said, she's like, what? We don't have the same relationship. Yeah, when he said to the oh, kid, yeah. we don't have that kind of relationship. <laughs> you and never it, tell me you love me? What the hell? Exactly. You never, you never help me find packages. Come on. <clears throat> and then I'm like thinking, well, she's kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that's good. And the husband, too. Like, if, if my husband told me I love you, I know he's cheating on me with a white woman. Where, do you, where have you learned this nonsense? I thought that was really fun. And those were the ones... That went viral that her son put on TikTok, and those are the ones that blew up. Yeah, the the one about the email. I looked through his email. Yeah, it's not I, love. It's I not spying. Some... It's not spying. It's love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that was because everybody, you know, when you're living with someone, you find out intimate things about them, mm-hmm. and yeah, I thought it was very funny. I, intimate things about. I can't work anything. I was when I told her, you have access to everything. <laughs> Yeah, Alex, was I just getting a rationalization from you about like spying on on Adam? No, it's that- more like surviving. If I <laughs> don't know things, certain things, the ship will go down. Really? So, no, it's true. It's surviving. I mean, I love you, Adam. I love you too. But you're in your own little world. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I mean, you could push things out of your world yes. and if they inter interconnect. Especially your if they're world. in my way on 22nd Street. We're going to get it to the curb. I got to go see my mother. We got a foot doctor appointment. Yeah, but day-to-day things, no. Well, it's, I wish you were wrong. See, here's the, <laughs> everything's running so quick in my head. Like, I'll read something and maybe I get it right, maybe I don't. You know, but if my wife sees it, then she can interpret it. Like, the world now is like the Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon album cover. There's a singular ray of light, and then my, when my wife explains it to me, it, it, it oh, there's a whole spectrum here I didn't see. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anytime you bring Pink Floyd into an analogy, I'm going to understand it perfectly. <laughs> spoke my language there. That's right. Pink Floyd should have an album called Love or Spying. You be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it... You know, and the other thing was is like, you know, her, her act isn't mean spirited. Mm-hmm. Like, even though that line comes across like we don't have that kind of relationship, it's tongue in cheek. And it, it's just it's like Alex said, it's just smart. Yeah. And and I didn't see that kind of stuff coming. And she's brave enough to tackle stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? she, she says out loud what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and she's aware, too, because I asked her, I said, do you think you get away with more because you're a woman and you're an immigrant? She went, absolutely. And I'm riding that horse. <laughs> so good yeah, for her. I, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. But in this world in which everybody is afraid to say something, and I want to say everybody, I know I am. Mm. Like every time I get a microphone in front of me all the time and I'm like, don't don't say something stupid. And 
and destroy your you know career. Yeah. Um, she's saying brave stuff that's funny and on point, and I love what she said. She's like, you know what? If you don't like it, that's on you. I'm gonna be funny, and I know when I'm funny because people laugh involuntarily. Mm-hmm. They might if they stop to think about it, they're not gonna do that, but. The reaction is is genuine and pure, and that's what comedy should be. Yeah, left is a reflux. Yeah, I have a question for you. She said something very intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. She said humor or comedy is an, is an art form. Mm-hmm. It's therapy. Mm-hmm. And it's a weapon. Mm-hmm. What did she mean by that? Uh, I guess you, well, you, you, can, you can attack somebody through laughter. You know, I guess it means ridicule. You can get people laughing at somebody if you, don't, if you're, if you have that intention. Oh, I thought it more as like a way to break the ice Mm -hmm. or as a way to get through a situation that might be tense. Mm -hmm. I thought it was more like a love weapon. I'm sure if you Google love weapon, something will come up. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a movie that you get. (laughs) And I'm not Googling. Okay, good. It's not a website. You don't want that website showing up for Alex when she's loving you <laughs> yeah yeah what is love Ooh. weapon do you have some superhero yeah. fetish i don't know about get it get i'm it not good. wearing a mask i'm not wearing a mask <laughs> but you kind of understand what i'm trying to say right well alex not to jump in here um but when you say like oh you use like humor to deflect like or relieve a tense situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah dude that I mean, I do that all the time. Anytime I love being the guy when there's nervous tension in a crowd mm-hmm. or like a room or an elevator. I love being the guy that says something stupid to make everybody laugh. Like that's that's. Mm-hmm. I'll never be a great stand-up comedian, but I'm great in that environment. What well, my wife has just pointed at me. Yeah, so is this one over here. What? Yes. Yes. In in grocery stores, you'll like hurl oranges. Mark knows this. You've been with Adam. It's fun. I have. It's always an adventure going into public with you. But you, Adam, you relieve the tension and you do something I do. You connect with like a, like a cashier. You know, I, I do it with cashiers, with toll, you know, agents and toll booths and stuff like that. You just have a little bit of joke with them, have a little bit of humor, and it brightens their day. And it just, that's, I don't know. Those situations are phenomenal. You got to walk the line. You got to walk the line between, oh, that was a nice little laughter and being the old guy has got nothing else to do but talk to other people. What? <laughs> Uh, hey, ask me about the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> but if those are weapons in the comedy arsenal, then yes. Mm-hmm. I think I think that, that uh, Zarna wields them well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I just took it. Weapon to me means you have to attack or kill something. So Of course you do, Godfather. Yes, and let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> All right? <laughs> what do I what do I do to, to, to cause you to show me such disrespect? <laughs> you come to me on my day on my daughter's wedding. You ask me to commit murder. Can you say it with a tomato in your mouth? <laughs> trying to be a scary monster. I want to guarantee your safety. <laughs> he is the traitor. <laughs> I did watch a mm-hmm. Gerard Butler movie, and I'm like, Adam would do the same thing. <laughs> what did he do? His wife. Someone kidnapped his wife. Dead! And, yeah. and he he just, like, yeah. did everything it took to get her back. Oh, yeah. And they even told her she died. They even said, I dug a hole. I dug her hole. Mm-hmm. And he still s- sat there, and then all of a sudden he hears this click, 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 and it's his wife mm-hmm. banging, and he goes and saves her. Yeah. And I'm like, that's my Adam. That's right. I know right. he'd do it. I I'm know he'd do it. push this truck right over you. <laughs> <laughs> and the police guy who's saying, uh, I think you... Uh, Broke some uh, laws over there. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at him, gives him a look that you would give him. Right. And he goes, we're just not going to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just I just cleared 22nd for you, okay? You're welcome. <laughs> you got you to gotta crack a couple eggs to make an omelet, all right? Mm-hmm. Officer? I better go home now. Yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you, you know, one of my other takeaways mm. from her journey, because I love people's journeys, it's that she, where, where did she headline? Was it Caroline's? Caroline's, yeah. Like, let's call it like March 13th, 2020. Okay. You're like, everything is coming up roses. I'm on my way. Oh, no. The entire planet is about to shut down. Yeah. And my particular career kind of needs things to be open because I got to talk to people face to face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as she goes and she's like, well, I guess that was the universe's way of telling me it wasn't meant to be, you know? And so she's kind of like mulling through all that. And then the universe finds a way to speak to her through her son. It says, look, all my friends think you're funny. We all watch TikTok. So you know what? 
Let's put you on and see what happens. She had Smart. no faith in that. She's like, uh, sure. I mean, I, I don't even know what TikTok is. She's <laughs> saying, I don't even know what TikTok is really either. But I, I get the platform. And she goes and she blows up. Yeah. And it's the universe saying, no, this was your path all along. Welcome to the show. Yeah. You know what I like what she said? And our videos, they're all misspelled. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> I know. Just, just put like them up. Just throwing it out there. We're like, all right, we'll just try this. We, we had no clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love the success that came from all that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's so richly deserved for somebody who's so funny and so genuine and so sharp. Uh, it's just, I love that. Yeah. I, I can't get enough. And of she has, she has a great perspective on what she does and people like, if, if people aren't going to like it, like she's not Indian enough for some Indians and she's not American enough for American people. So she just does what she does. Yeah, honey. I play that card. What? I'm so many different nationalities that when I need a little Latina, I'll mm. put that on. Mm. When I need little Italian or German, I'll put that on, mm. we, you know. Turn up the Native American so we can get a casino. <laughs> Can you do that, please? I could try, Adam. Something. <laughs> See, I know my wife loves me, even if I don't help her with the Amazon packages. When I come home from the road, I'm always hanging all over her. I was like, get over here. She's like, I have things to do. I was like, get over here. I've been away. <laughs> I need to smell your hair. Well, okay, that happens when you come back. Yeah. Yeah, I miss my wife on the road. She, she'll call me up. You know how I pick up the phone when I see it's her? I went, who loves you? That's how I answer the phone. I actually like it. How he answers is how I know what kind of mood you're in. Yeah. So I, I like it when you, you're playful like that. I'm like, oh, I can really talk to him. Yeah. I don't have to watch my words. Good. <clears throat> yeah. But if I'm pushing a, a truck out of the way on 22nd Street, not now! <laughs> <laughs> Love you, honey. I gotta move this truck. Have you ever said I love you to a complete stranger by accident? Yeah. Like, okay, see you later. Bye. Love you. Yeah. Remember, Adam? What? That happened actually to us. Yeah. My wife told me she loved me just for like that time. for the first time. And, and then it... I went, oh, you know that just, uh, uh, yeah. I, I just kind of And then lost she had it. a seizure. Yeah, I had a seizure. Like, I'm not supposed to say it first. Yeah, yeah you can't. Yeah, there's. Oh, a that was horrible. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. I know I've said I love you to a stranger lots of times. I mean, mm-hmm. there's usually a bar and lots of drinks involved. So yeah, I'm big, <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, you know, if you're, you're, you're trying to get Alex's attention when you come home, and she's like, I got stuff like not now, not now. Mm. You can always try what I do with Butch and Sundance when I come home. They're always excited to see me because I always bring toys. Sometimes it's a little rattle ball. Sometimes it's a laser pointer. Sometimes it's catnip. Mm. So you, know, you just have that in your pocket at all times. Alex will be thrilled. I'm yes, sure. Adam, especially the catnip. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I come home, like I'll, I'll bring her a bottle of Bailey's and then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just a tiny bit. I do, but my delivery system makes me laugh. Like I'll flip her out. Yeah, yeah, he does, Mark, but he makes me work for it. He put me through an emotional ringer just to get some chocolate or some Baileys. I hide it. It's no, like... he, he makes, like he has a disease, puts it under his shirt. Can you, can you see what this is? I have a growth on my body or something like that, or I pulled a ligament. Uh, last time I bought, I bought her a chocolate bar, and I put it like right on my back, and I came upstairs, and I was holding my back, and she's like, what's the matter? I'm like, oh, my back. She's like, what'd you do to your back? I don't know, went out. I don't know if I can. I I'm supposed to get on a plane tomorrow. I don't know if I can sit. It's season up. What? What is wrong with you? Hold on. I'll get the heating pad. No, no, no. Just, just hold on. Just see if you can feel anything. And she's like, what is I don't want to hurt you. No, it's okay. And she, she reaches in. Chocolate bar? Yeah. I said, do you feel that bump? And it's a chocolate bar. Who does that, Adam? Who does that? Who does that? It's either on your body or in the dryer. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, I put I put a bottle of Bailey's in the dryer. I go, honey, I think this is busted. You got to look yeah, in it. Yeah, he did. And he had like a plumber tools in his hand. I'm like, you better not touch that dryer. You better not touch that dryer. I will kill you. I'm like, it's banging. I don't know what it is. We got an unbalanced tub. I don't know what's going on. Reach your hand in there. I'm not putting my hand in it. Reach your hand yeah. in there. Yeah. Alex? Yeah. Alex? I hear you're upset. You have to understand. This is Adam's culture. This is what he comes from. Right? <laughs> yes. That just means he likes you. Yeah. Circus Where people. Where from on Long Island, that's an expression of love. Yes. That, so that's what we have to do. We have to understand other people's cultures to get along. Like in Phil's culture, the way he says I love you is... Show me your ding-ding. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. I want to thank Zonagard <laughs> for being my guest. First, I'm apologizing to her about Phil's ding-ding. Okay. The show is growing. Yes, it is. Uh, tell 58 people you like about the show. That'll help us spread the word. Uh, we do have T-shirts. There's a link for them in the show notes. As well as my tour dates. Please come see me. I will make you laugh. And if you get a chance, leave us a review. That helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And we are all in this together, brothers and sisters. So please share the road. And if there's a truck on 22nd Street, kindly just push it out of the way. Works for me. <laughs> Remember, yes. life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. The pot is ended. Go in peace. But he was okay. You know, I looked in the back. There was no one. There was nobody suffering. There was uh-huh. no one laying in the bed. Good. Check he, one. He Good. was okay. You know, Check two. And then, then, then I got him to. I got him to safety. Check three. Safety also being out of my way. It's a win-win. <laughs> okay, Adam. We'll give it to you. What a good Samaritan you are, helping others to get out of your way. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.